Good morning. I feel like a little elf up here just scurrying around trying to get everything just so. Good morning, good morning. So good to see you all. I would like to congratulate you. This is not in my notes, but you all are the survivors of whatever is going around right now. So congratulations. You all must be taking vitamins or something because there's a lot of icky. I'm Stephanie. Uh, if we haven't met, I've met most of you, but uh, I'm the director of adult discipleship here at Christ Center, and I am excited to be with you this morning. My name is Steve. I'm one of the pastors here at Christ Center, and uh, we just want to welcome you today. We're always honored that you'd show up and just uh, spend some time hearing God's Word, and as always, we pray that you would be encouraged and inspired and maybe even challenged by what God would say to you today. And want to especially welcome our online viewers. So glad you're tuning in. Be, just feel free to type in the chat uh, where you're tuning in from. And, and maybe if you have a prayer request, we'd love to go back and look over those and, and just pray. And I know, Dev, you led us in a great prayer this morning, but I just got a text before I came out here. And uh, there's a young lady that was actually just taken to Harborview that's bleeding on the brain. And uh, I said that we'd pray for her today. So can we just do that? Could you bow your heads with me? Lord Jesus, we just thank you that you are the healer. That you say to bring the sick before you, Lord. And we do that right now, Jesus. This young lady that's uh, dealing with the hemorrhage on the brain, God, we just pray that you would just stop that uh, bleeding in Jesus' name, God, and raise her up, Lord. We just believe this and we trust in you that we can pray for miracles and you are the God of miracles. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. amen. And you need to know something else this morning. Uh, we really love you and Steph and I, husband and wife, we're honored to be able to teach God's word to you this morning. But you need to know that we really love you because this week I allowed myself to touch glitter decorating this room. Now, there are two love people it. in the world, those that love glitter and those that don't. I'm of those that don't. So. And I'm of those who do, obviously. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, before we actually get into what we're going to be uh, talking about and sharing with you this morning, we have an announcement. Some of you are here this morning waiting. Uh, if you don't know, we, um, our student director, Kelsey, is in her last month on staff here at Christ Center. And can we just give a big round of applause Woo, for yay, Kels. all the love. Love you. She has been just an incredible um, help and support. She loves students and uh, is very evident, and the students love her. And it is a hard goodbye, but she is not leaving Christ Center. She's not leaving our church, our community. She is just taking a job with another ministry. And uh, so we're excited for her. We're excited to see how she's going to grow and get to try to do new things and fun things and have some grand adventures. So we're excited to hear from her as she does that. But that left a question of starting in January, what, what are we going to do? What's going to happen with our students? And if you know Steve and I, you know that we value our students. We, for 31 years, we have been team students all the way. Um, so we didn't just jump into a solution. We actually, uh, the board has had some conversations. The staff has had many conversations. We have prayed. We have done research with other churches to see kind of in 2022 different ways that are being done uh, working with students. 
And so we are actually creating a new position here at Christ Center, and it is called the Family Life Director. And what that means is that um, we are creating a position where from babies all the way through high school graduates, uh, we have volunteer teams that are working with this person, and this person is leading teams. And as we talked about it and developed it, one of our staff members came and said, um, can I do that? So Heather Flugraff. Let's give it yes. up. Heather. Come on, let her hear you. Woo! Uh, and if you have volunteered with Heather, if you have been on one of Heather's teams, you know her heart is this big. And her, she's so good with people. She's so good. I mean, that girl, Jesus said, the greatest amongst you will serve. She serves and she serves and she serves. She gets after it. She was here yesterday all day working, putting in the time. So what we want you to know is that in the next month, Heather will be reaching out to parents. She'll be reaching out to the student team, which is already power around her. There is a solid group of people around um, the student ministry, and so they are going to continue on, hopefully. And so Heather's going to meet with all of them and then with the student leadership. She's going to meet with them as well. So uh, student ministry is going to continue. They have a Christmas party December 7th. That is still happening, and Kelsey and Heather are kind of doing this to make sure that it's a seamless transition. So see Heather if you have questions, or Steve or I, or anybody on our board, and they'd be happy to uh, just give you more information. Okay, whew, that was a mouthful. Um, okay, we are kicking off our Christ Center Christmas series, uh, very simply titled, Joy. And if you have been out and about lately, you realize that joy is a very popular word this time of year. You see it on t-shirts, you see it on coffee cups, you see it on signs, and it's there for a reason. It's there to remind us of something that is available to us, something that is there kind of for the, uh, for the taking. And yet, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes when I see that word, almost the exact opposite thing starts to happen. And I start to think, oh, well, you know, I could have joy, but all my family is not going to be together for the holidays. Or I could have joy, but, you know, our finances, I'm a gift giver, and I like to give the perfect gift, and this year our finances just aren't there. Or, oh, I really want to have joy this Christmas, but... Family relationships are tense, or there's things going on, dynamics that just, they make it, you know, impossible to have joy. And we can begin to feel that our joy during this season has been thwarted, that it has just been stopped, that it's not possible to have joy. And what I want to say this morning is what is happening is that our happiness is taking a hit. Our happiness is kind of getting kicked in the teeth a little bit. But that's very different than joy, which is readily available to us. There's a vast difference between the two. Happiness is a feeling, and it's a feeling dependent on external circumstances. So it's dependent on if my expectations are getting met, it's dependent on if my dreams are coming true, it's dependent on if I'm feeling healthy and energetic and good. That's happiness. 
I remember when uh, we were early married, we didn't have money, really, to no. speak of. Um, but somehow we managed to scrape. I think we got change out of the seats in the car. You know how you dig down there for change? Somehow we gathered $50, and we bought a fake used Christmas tree. And that Christmas tree, for years, it was great. It worked. It did what it needed to do. We would put it up. We would get in the, you know, Christmas spirit, and it was, it was great. Well, one year, our kids were all about that age where they're perfect for Christmas. They're just at that, just, you know, the Hallmark picture with the three monkeys all dressed in their Christmas best, and the music is softly playing, and something really beautiful and sentimental is happening and the family's putting up the tree, and everybody's taking their turn and putting up their ornament. Well, this particular year, that was my vision. I was ready. I had prepped him, it was on the calendar. I had even, I can't believe I did this, I've grown a lot, I've matured. I even had like outfits for the kids to wear, which three boys, not easy to do, but I had the outfits. So the kids are in the outfits, the music is playing, we pull out the box, Steve starts to put up the, the trunk of the tree, the, the middle part, and we realize, I don't know what happened that year, but if you've ever put together a fake tree, you know that there's some color coding going on. So like this section's blue, then orange, then green or whatever, and then you match the branches. Somehow all those colors on the trunk were gone. They weren't there. And we're kind of looking at each other. Like, it was what? not pretty. <laughs> it was, so we start trying to have, okay, we can do this, we can do this. And minute by minute, both of us are getting irritated with each other. It and goes there. No, it goes there. Well, where's that one? I don't know where, you know, like we're just, we're getting you just You see, tidy. this one's longer than that one? I mean. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm a pleaser, so I'm not pleasing him, so it's not going well. Okay, so this is happening, and our kiddos are getting bored. So what are boys going to do when they're bored? They're going to grab a couple of those branches and turn them into swords and have a sword fight. Now there's like four years, five years in between. So we have the oldest, the middle, and the youngest. And the, if you've ever done the fake tree, at least it used to be, I don't know if it's still like this, but the, there's like this, the branch is on metal and it's like twisted. And it's really, it's not gentle, it doesn't flex. So they're fighting with these things while we're fighting with each other. Next thing you know, there's crying, there's blood. I was not happy. I think that was the year we got rid of that tree, wasn't it? Yes. It out was winter. We put it back the in the alley. box. We put free on it, and we stuck it outside. Somebody and I think it was, else's problem. Yeah. I think it was still there in the spring, but that's... that's <laughs> for me, it's not... I'm the picture guy. Any shutterbugs in here, you like taking the perfect picture? You know, you want that? That's what I want. I, I just want the perfect picture, you know, to prove that at some point during the holidays, we all loved each other and we were all together. And so I'm always looking for that perfect picture moment. And you would think that with a family full of photographers, like professional photographers, that they would be all on board with that, except none of them want their own picture taken. They just, they want to take everyone else's picture, but no one wants to take, you know, their, they would not let me take their picture. So we finally, you know, get out there and it's just mayhem and madness and, and we're lucky if we get, you know, one picture, two pictures a year, no matter how hard we try. But it's so hard. You look for that perfect moment 
And sometimes when that perfect moment doesn't happen, you're just like, ah. And I mean, those are a couple silly examples, but you know what it's like when you have those expectations and those hopes, and then all of a sudden, they're dashed. Yeah, uh, so if you guys see our pictures on social media, just know that is for sure the highlight reel. <laughs> There's a backstory. Uh, yeah, so expectations. And if we're not careful, especially around this time of year, right, I think it gets amped up this time of year where we have these hopes, these dreams, these expectations. And if we hold them too tightly, they end up doing the exact opposite of that joy that we were created for, that joy that we desire. And those expectations have just the opposite effect. So happiness dependent on feelings and circumstances, this is what we have for joy. Joy, on the other hand, is a delight. It's a hope. It's a peace, a pleasure, a contentment that spreads throughout our soul when we grasp that the eternal God is with us. Now, when I said that last line, if you're like me, you're like, eternal God with us. Eternal, okay, what, how does that, how does that, like, how do we get a hold of what that really means? And I was thinking about when Jesus was born, one of the names they gave Jesus was Emmanuel, God with us. So in that moment in time, there were a group of people um, Jesus called them sheep without a shepherd. Um, they're talked about as people that walked in darkness, right? They were a group of people that they didn't have a leader. They didn't have direction. Um, the religions had all started to mix, and there was no stability. And connecting with God wasn't really a thing that most of these people did. They didn't know about this personal God that loved them or they had heard stories, but they weren't walking in that, in that relationship. And so when Jesus came, he showed them, this is God. This is what God is. This is who I am. And he showed them the beauty and the wonder of God. And it was really beautiful. So when Jesus came, God with us, Emmanuel, was a really beautiful thing. And we can grasp that, right? But then we think, but Stephanie, Jesus isn't here walking with us today. He's not in bodily form today. So still connecting, right, can be really hard. But when Jesus left, he said, I leave you a helper. I am not going to leave you orphans. I am going to leave you a helper, the Holy Spirit. So the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus, that Holy Spirit actually resides in us, in those of us that have chosen to follow Jesus. We have said, um, we have called upon the name of God. Those of us that have done that, his spirit actually indwells in us. And Psalm 1611 says it like this. David is talking and he says, uh, King David, David the shepherd boy David, he says, you make known to me, he's talking to God, the path of life. Then this is the part. In your presence, so his presence is here, it's inside of our souls. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand, at your right hand, so about this far, that's my left, right, right here. At your uh, right hand are pleasures forevermore. Within reach. 
-hmm. You know, it's within grasp. We all have the capacity to be in the presence of the Lord. I don't know if you've ever done this. Have you ever gone to a worship service or a, um, a, a prayer time and you, and you just really felt the presence of God? Has anyone ever just really felt like God's mm -hmm. presence mm -hmm. powerfully? And I sometimes find myself saying, wow, God really showed up today. Has anyone else ever said that God really showed? Except here's the deal. God is omnipresent. He is everywhere all the time. The Bible says God is always at work. And if he's always at work and he's everywhere, it's not that he suddenly shows up because he's everywhere, but it's the fact that we become present to him. He's already here. But are we turning our attention to him? And in this series, that's really what we want to focus in on is, is being present with God who is already dwelling among us. So we actually have a little tagline for the series all month, and it says this. It says, joy goes where the gospel goes. Joy goes where the gospel. Okay, what is the gospel? That's another kind of churchy word sometimes. It means good news. So joy goes where the good news goes. Have you ever gotten good news? Uh, maybe somebody in here won the lottery. Uh, maybe, <clears throat> maybe you got a job promotion. Maybe a raise. Uh, maybe, you know, that house sale went through or something. And, and you get, or are you uh, building a house and you get signed off on with the permits, right? And you get good news and there's, there's a feeling but those things are all dependent on a circumstance. Joy is not dependent on a circumstance. So joy goes where Jesus goes. Okay, so we're, we're tracking. The dog's chasing the tail here. Joy goes where Jesus goes. But why is Jesus good news? And I really wrestled with this as I, as I prepared to share with you this morning, and we prepared. Why really, 2022, here we are, why is Jesus good news? And if you think about it, he's good news because he's the only steady. He's the only stable. He's the only rock-solid, fully dependent, fully trustworthy, fully powerful, fully able, loving, kind, good, wants the best for every one of us, gives our lives purpose and meaning. That is the God that we show up for every week because he is good and loving. And so that is why Jesus is good news. And so joy goes where Jesus goes. That means joy goes where hope goes. Joy goes where stability goes. Joy goes where generosity goes. All the things that Jesus is. This is kind of a, a fun story. Jesus tells it in the book of Matthew in our Bibles, chapter 25. And Jesus is telling this story, but Jesus is also a character in the story. So as you listen to this story, know that Jesus is the king. So here we go. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. 
Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? And the king, Jesus, will reply, Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So where is Jesus? Where do we find him? Because when we find Jesus, we find the joy. We find Jesus, we find the joy. Where do we find him? Where does this story tell us we find him? We find him when we're feeding the hungry, when we're taking care of the poor, when we're giving a drink to somebody who's thirsty, when we're clothing people. That is where we find joy. And so as we're kicking off this Christmas series, we thought it is so important to just take a moment. So we're going to do that. We're going to take a moment, and Steve is going to read to us a little bit of the Christmas story because we want to remember why Christmas is such a big deal, why year after year after year we celebrate Christmas, why we as a church, we don't ever want it to become religious. We don't ever want it to become rote. This is just what we do. So we have to get back to the roots. So Jesus is er, Jesus. Close, no. <laughs> uh, Jesus, Please, no more. Steve stop, is going to read to us stop. the Christmas story this morning. Okay. And it came to pass in those days that a t- decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you Good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So right there from the very beginning, this great joy is very deeply connected to Jesus. Great joy, Jesus, they are together, and it's for all people. From the very beginning, from the birth of Jesus, it was said that that was for all people. So as you read the Christmas story and as you read those chapters in our Bibles, you realize that when people interacted, even with the child Jesus, when they interacted with him, there was joy connected to it. It says that the shepherds went out rejoicing and worshiping, and the wise men, they worshiped and they rejoiced because they had been, they had seen this hope, this savior, this light in the darkness. They had seen him, and being in his presence just created this, this rejoicing, this joy 
in them. And so when Steve talks about getting up close, and when Psalm says, at your right hand are pleasures forevermore, when we get close to Jesus, there is a joy that comes. It is available to us. But here's the question. Okay, so we can have this moment, and we can all be inspired, and we can be like, yes, okay, Jesus, joy, I got it, I got it. And we can walk out of there, out of here, and get a flat tire, or find out that somebody hacked into our bank account, or we didn't get the permit, or whatever, the tree fell down while we were gone. And all of a sudden, that, that intentionality around getting close to Jesus can just drain right out of our toes. So how do we do it? Well, I think there's actually a clue in verses 10 and 11. Jesus actually gives us a model of where he's at and how we can find joy. It says, then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. So there it is, which will be to all people. Here it is now. Listen to this. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. There is born to you this day a Savior who is Christ the Lord. I think it comes down to two words, go and give. That's what Jesus did. Go and give. Turn to your neighbor and say, go and give. Go and give. Go and give. That's what Jesus did. He left heaven, left the glory and the intimacy of the Trinity to come down, become fully human, and experience what we experience. The pain, the hurt, the sorrow, the blood, the sweat, the tears, the betrayals. He left all of that. He didn't have to. No one forced him to. He chose to. He went. You first have to go. And then his very nature is to give. Love ever gives, forgives, and outlives. It ever stands with open hands, and while it lives, it gives, for that is love's prerogative, to give and give and give. That's love's prerogative. It's the thing that love does. Go and give. See, it says, who was born to us? A Savior. Savior. Oh, well, that means there's a cost. See, not just going, but giving. When we, as Jesus followers, follow that same formula, go and give, go and give, go and give, we're right next to Jesus. Now, he's always with us, but his presence is powerfully with us when we are going to the places that the gospel most desires to go to. So we see Jesus modeling, going and giving, right? Steve just pointed that out. And then when Jesus is here and he's walking amongst the people, he has his inner circle, he has his guys, he has his 12 disciples. But as he continued to go and give, when he was here on earth, more and more people began to follow Jesus. And so there's a story in scripture where Jesus has 70 followers that he sends out into the cities, the nearby cities. And he says to them to go out and tell the people about the kingdom of God. Well, we don't grow up in a kingdom 
situation around here. So the closest we've got is England, and a lot of us will follow that from time to time, right, when somebody's getting married and all the pretty stuff comes out. But we don't really fully understand that kingdom mentality. But in their day, they did. And so the kingdom of God was very different. So just imagine we have two kingdoms. We have the kingdom of God and we have the earthly kingdom. These people had been walking in the earthly kingdom, in the hopelessness, in the darkness, in not even being able to like pray and believe that there was a God hearing them. And it was just a lot of um, like just doing things for the sake of doing them, but they didn't really have a grasp of God's love for them. And so Jesus says, I want you to go out and tell them about God's kingdom. Well, what is God's kingdom? God's kingdom is healing. God's kingdom is provision. God's kingdom is kindness and goodness. God's kingdom is justice. And so these people who had been following Jesus and learning the ways of God, the character of God, were now going to go and share that with these neighboring cities. And Jesus said to them, after you have healed people in my name, which they did, they literally prayed for people in the name of Jesus and the power of Jesus healed people. And Jesus said to them, after you heal people, tell them the kingdom of God has come near. And so what do we learn from this? We learn that when we are up close to Jesus and we are going and we are giving in the name of Jesus, in the character of who God is, loving, kind, generous, when we are doing that, we are completing what Jesus started, which was bringing the kingdom of God here. We are to be doing that right now. We are to be bringing that goodness, that justice, that kindness, that generosity here. And so the disciples did that. These 70 went out and they did that. And scripture tells us that they came back full of joy. Why? Because they had been following in the steps of Jesus. They had been teeming with Jesus. And that is where we truly can find joy. Um, So you have a story. Yeah, because sometimes I think we we can hear those stories in the scriptures but how does that really apply to everyday life? Like, how does that apply to my life? Mm-hmm. Um, typically, we're not, you know, going around into other communities saying the kingdom of God has come near. And, but, but what does that really look like? For me, I was reading my journal the other day, and I was just reflecting on some of the God miracles in my life. And I went back to the year 1999, and um, we'd been in ministry about seven or eight years. And... Um, We were just finishing up a huge youth event at the high school. We had rented the gymnasium. We had all kinds of inflatables, and it was just a great night. I mean, we we just had a blast. We We had a band there. We had a speaker. We shared the gospel. Powerful night. And then we just finished cleaning up, and it was after midnight, and we were heading home, and Steph and I were both just exhausted. And as we're heading back home, we see this young lady walking down Pioneer Avenue, And she just, by her very body language, she's screaming, I'm discouraged, I'm hurting, I'm alone. And in that moment, I felt the tug of the Holy Spirit say, talk to this girl. And I had all kinds of excuses, but God, I've got this to do. And we just finished a great event and we're exhausted. We had a million excuses. Forget this. 
And we got home, and how many of you know God just continues to speak to you? And as we drove by her on our way home, we recognized it was actually one of our former students that had been in, in our youth ministry. Her name was Tara, and she had kind of fallen away from the Lord. We get home, and God just keeps saying, go back. And so we go back, and I roll down the window, which is what we did in the 90s, and um, I said, hey, Tara, and we just kind of made small talk for a moment, and she just kind of chit-chatted back and forth. I could just see she was discouraged. At one point, I just said, Tara, I want you to know God loves you. And when I said that, something broke inside of her. Maybe you need to hear that today. God loves you. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter what you think about yourself or what others think about you, but God loves you unconditionally. And in that moment, something broke in her. And then it continued to feel the Lord speaking to me. And I said, Tara, I believe that you are called. You have a purpose in your life. And she just kind of rose a little bit taller. And I said, hey, why don't you consider, she was very musical. Why don't you consider showing up to youth group, the underground, and helping us with our worship team? She was a senior accomplished musician. I thought, you know, we couldn't, we can't either play an instrument or sing, so we need all the help we can get. Um, and so she, she showed up. And not only did she show up that next Sunday, but she showed up the Sunday after that and the Sunday after that. And before you know it, she was our youth worship leader. And then a year later, we take a trip to Mexico on a mission trip. And it was on that trip that she met her future husband, and they got married, moved to Kalamazoo, Michigan, where she became one of the worship leaders in her church, and she's still tearing it up for Jesus today. Go and give. Go and give. It's what Jesus did, and it's what he's calling his church to do. Go and give. So we thought it would be fun to show you guys a video. We kind of pulled out some vintage video. And uh, we thought it'd be fun to show you just an encouragement and an inspiration of what it looks like, what joy looks like. It's different than happiness. What it looks like when you are fully going and giving in the name of Jesus. So the guys are going to pop it up there for us. Looking 
Raise your hand if yeah, any of you were on Yeah, I saw a few faces yeah. in there. That's awesome. Um, here's the deal. Like, that's such, mission trips are awesome because you really get sometimes those first experiences of just pure serving, where for 11 days, all you are doing is just serving, 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 serving. But equally, we can do that here. The very same things we do on a mission trip need to be done right here at Christ Center, right in our neighborhoods, in our schools, uh, in our hospitals, everywhere we look, those same needs exist. And we team up as a church and we can do that. We can do it individually. Steve was in the hospital not long ago and uh, 10 hours into a long, really dark day. Uh, for me, I, was, I just had that reminder. I can turn this around. I don't have to sit in this pit of despair. I can do something. And I did something. And it changed the whole uh, atmosphere of a room that a group of people were sitting in. And I don't say that to brag. I say that to say, like, we all have Jesus. If we're following him, he is in us. And that availability, uh, but he wants us to do our part. He wants us to go and give in the name and power of Jesus, not in our own strength. And I was thinking about communion. As a matter of fact, go ahead and take out the elements of communion, if you would, and begin to peel back the top. And if you didn't get a, a, a packet for communion, raise your hand and Andy or someone will bring you around a, uh, a packet. But as I was thinking about what Jesus said, he said, as often as you do this, remember me. And I believe it was more than just, you know, hey, remember me. But it was, remember what I've done for you. And then you go and do likewise. Jesus is, is more than just someone to be... Um, respected and revered. He's someone to be emulated. 
he's someone to imitate. And while we reflect on all that he's done, it means very little if it doesn't change our heart. The faith that has not changed your life has not saved your soul. Because once Jesus is in you, things begin to change. He begins to say, I want in that room. And you say, well, no, no. And eventually, he just wants to expand his love into all of our hearts. So this morning, as we think about this bread, this unleavened bread, it symbolizes his sinless body. You see, he had to be human in order to take our place. And he chose to go to become human, to leave all that was pleasure, all that was joy, and to live a life of humanity. And he did it in a sinless fashion so that he could become the sacrifice. And then he also commands us to do the same. Now it's your turn. Go. So let's reflect on that as we partake of this. Jesus' body broken for you. Go ahead. And of course, the grape juice symbolizes being crushed, anguish. It represents his blood, the blood of the new atonement. And so we always know that Jesus left heaven around Christmas time because we, we, that's what we talk about, the babe in the manger. But let's never forget that the cooing, cuddly infant of the manger soon would become the Savior that died on the cross, shedding his blood for us. It's not just go, but it's go and give. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Go and give. And so as we partake of this fruit of the vine, of this grape juice this morning, I invite you to just ponder what he did for you and thank him for it. And then ask for the empowerment to do the same. Jesus' blood poured out for you. Now I'd invite you just to bow your heads for a minute. I just want to pray over you this morning. Jesus, this morning, we don't want to just remember you. We want to imitate you. We believe that that's, that's really the call for all of us who would be Christ followers to go into all the world and preach the good news and to make disciples. And so Jesus as a church and as individuals, we recommit to that today. We love you, Lord. We ask for your blessing and the empowerment of your Holy Spirit. And all who would like that said, amen. Amen. So as we get ready to kind of finish out the morning, uh, individually, we desire, we were created to desire joy. But also as a body, as a community, those of us that are a part of Christ Center, we as a community also desire joy equally. 
Uh, and so uh, this Christmas season, we each Sunday are going to have a little bit of a call to action. And this morning, our call to action is that uh, we have partnered with our local food bank uh, from well, we've been doing it, and we're going to continue through our Christmas Eve. We have two services, Christmas Eve, 5 and 7. We'll collect at both of those. So each Sunday between now and then, uh, you can drop off food for the food pantry uh, in the lobby out here. And I was just thinking about, uh, there's about 500 people kind of connected to and associated with Christ Center. And if every single one of us brought one can... Uh, what an absolute blessing that that would be to the food bank. I saw somebody come in just generous as I'll get out this morning with bags and boxes. I was here the other day when somebody came in with a whole bunch of food. So you guys are doing it. We're doing it. Uh, and we want to just continue to do that through, um, through Christmas Eve. And just I want to just encourage you to remember I, was, I don't know why, I just feel like I have to say this this morning, it's kind of funny, but some of us this time of year, we just want to stay in our pajamas under the covers. It's just a thing. And uh, sometimes it's as simple to find that joy, it's as simple as getting up, going out of our bedroom and into another room of the house and serving another member of our own family in some way. Go and wash the dishes right? Go and sweep the floor. Go and clean off the countertops. Something that will be a blessing and a giving to another member of your family. Scripture says we have to be faithful with our family before God gives us more to be faithful with. So go and give. It can be small. It can be big. But that is where uh, we're going to find joy. So